You're listening to Inspiration and Adaptation. I'm Asia Freeman, Artistic Director of Bunnell Street Arts Center, and delighted to host this weekly podcast in which we explore artistic innovations, adaptations during these unprecedented times. Bunnell Street Arts Center is situated within the tribal lands of Nichiltana, Ninilchik Village. Descendants trace their roots from the ancient Kachemak peoples and the Danaina and Sukhiak people of this region. Bunnell Street Art Center is grateful to work and live on these lands. And we're committed to resisting colonialism by partnering with indigenous artists and supporting indigenous-led practices. Today I'm speaking with David Brame, an Afrofuturist and scholar whose uh, newest installation Dusty Funk opens tonight at Bunnell Street Art Center. David's most recent scholarly creative accomplishments um, include Sanford Biggers' uh, uh, code switch in collaboration with Professor John Jennings, the Bronx Museum, and produced by Yale University Press. His scholarly work geared towards black youth is called The Struggle, produced by Minnesota Press, and he has a forthcoming, actually, it's already out, the graphic novel After the Rain disseminated by Abrams Megascope, a short story written by uh, Nidhi Okorafor and adapted by Professor John Jennings. His comic work explores issues of race and identity in the context of the American South, Black Gothica, mysticism, and the African diaspora. David, it's just so fantastic to have you with us today in this dialogue and in Homer. You know, um, I think of you as um, a rising star within um, Afrofuturism, and um, you have so many reputable collaborators. I mean, just a couple days ago, you served on a panel on Afrofuturism for Sundance Film Festival, I discovered. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, why did you choose to settle in Alaska? And how did we get lucky enough to have you in Homer? Why now? <laughs> Um, as a, I have a, a friend who, who uh, always lets me know, just, uh, you know, the, you're always in the, the right place. Um, or I guess you're always in the place you need to be. So um, mm. I guess uh, Homer was the, the place that I needed to be. I mean, there was just, um, I mean, it, it took, you know, a, a certain confluence of, you know, things to happen for like, uh, me to end up in, in Homer, uh, I would say again, and um, like a uh, you know just uh, you know so the sort of like pandemic happening, like uh, just uh, you know these sort of changes like happening in in terms are are in, in in the space of my my career in terms of you know maybe deciding whether I want to be more on the, the academic side or more on the side or more on the industrious you know like. Uh, go back to, to industry or that kind of thing. So, um, you know, having all of that going on all at the same time and um, really being pushed, I guess, in a way to, to decide um, where do I want to spend, um, uh, you know, uh, my life, you know, like, and how do I want to spend it? Um, do I want to spend it like, you know, somewhere in a dungeon in the Midwest, you know, uh, you know, no, no, no good sunlight and, <laughs> and uh, you know, living that life or do I want to be in a beautiful place where it's majestic, where I can, um, 
you know, have us have space to, to breathe um, where the people around me are, um, you know, they're helpful and they're supportive and like a really good sense of, uh, you know, so that's what this was about, you know, and, and that's why I'm, why I'm here, you know, and um, I wanted to contribute to that, to that space, you know, like, uh, I think Homer is full of a bunch of, I, I like to think of them as like, it's a collection of geniuses. It's like people who choose to be here, um, who all have something they want to say and, and, and have a, a way they want to contribute to the um, sort of the, the melting pot that, that is Homer. And, and I want to be part of that and, you know, be one of the, the people that helps build it. Yeah. It, it's thrilling. It's super invigorating to see how, how um, energetically and, you know, um, generously you're um, nesting yourself into the community now with this installation that um, is about to open tonight at Benel Street Art Center. And you've titled this multimedia experience, Dusty Funk. And you and I agreed that we might call this conversation Dusty Funk 101. Like, what is Dusty Funk? Orient us to um, what, this, um, what this thought project is about. Okay, so uh, Dusty Funk is, is inspiration. It's, uh, it's, uh, he is sort of inspiration incarnate, you know. Um, so uh, the sort of the nascent um, building blocks of, of Dusty was, uh, I, I guess it kind of started um, in, my, in, in my graduate uh, work. Um, you know, my, my first show was called uh, Picking Any Circus. And it was, um, you know, it was, it was about sort of my disdain for the um, sort of monetiz monetization. I'm sorry. Monetization. <laughs> sure, mon yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to make, I, I, I was mad that people were making money out of, out of, out of blackness and out of uh, um, things that were created. Uh, uh, out of out of blackness and then you know um, you know turned into something else you know so um, I want to sort of add my little piece and then I had a little character that showed up in this uh, I, I made these little box books it's art box books um, so um, you know and they're these little squares of sort of like scrap looking material that I that I drew on so sort of the beginning idea was there. So um, I sort of took that idea and I kind of ran this. I had this little character who was like this little space that kind of just kept showing up and, and all of these little uh, sort of pyramids that I was in. So he became kind of the, um, like this icon of, of inspiration um, that let me um, have the experience of, uh, what do I want to talk about? He was sort of like the the avatar of inf inspiration and how I wanted to connect that with um, who I was as a as an individual and as a creator. Um, so mm -hmm. um, yeah, so like Dusty Funk is is that, um, and so that's sort of like a loose sort of like nebulous idea of, of what he is. But then, you know, the, the more solid idea of what he, what he became late, later on was um, this embodiment of, uh, you know, who, like who I was as an individual and who I saw myself reflected in 
and like other individuals. So, um, so there's like, uh, you know, I, I don't, I always like to say like black people are not a monolith, but there's like these moments where, um, you like, uh, you know, where somebody's like, I know that guy, <laughs> like everybody's got a, you know, the, the, their black friend or everybody's got a, you know, you look just like that one guy um, or, or whoever. So um, then I started to see these, uh, you know, these kind of like um, these little bits of, you know, these connections. You know, of what are these bits of blackness that um, connect, connect people, you know, like that, that make people who are, who are not, I guess, within the black diaspora uh, have that, that bit of feeling, that bit of connection to, to how people see um, an individual. So that became um, sort of how I started to build this idea of, of Dusty Funk as this, this sort of monolith of um, sort of, I guess, in, in, in my, my position, like sort of millennial black, or I guess black male millennialness you know um if that makes sense like so there's this like it's like a group of uh of, of black men and uh and people who, are, who identify in, in that space that um you know they're kind of trapped between these um these multiple worlds right um of uh sort of you know uh you know sort of the newer generation you know like uh, our younger generations didn't Gen Z and whatever's going to be coming after that, like uh, the way that they deal with, um, you know, art, the way they deal with technology, the way they deal with uh, uh, emotions, therapy, like those kinds of things. Yeah, the way they deal with their even their their whole concept of blackness is like, uh, and their concept of identity is a little bit more uh, understood and, and nuanced. Um, and you've then, um, you know about this, David. You've written really beautifully, and I wanted to to quote a piece and ask you to maybe unpack it a little bit with us. You said, um, you said, um, describing that experience. You said, caught between eras of wokeness and forced hypermasculinity, bombarded with the duality of black male excellence and black male fetishistic myths. Add in an education and justice system stymied by institutional racism creates a caustic mix of anger and creativity. I mean, that's like, uh, <laughs> those, those words were, are, 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 I guess, pretty salient, you know, like, uh, you know, you have to, like, uh, I guess it's each piece of, of, of that little of what I wrote, it, it, it's, it's about, also, it's all about these dualities um, where um, you have, you're kind of like um, reaching for something, right? There's this, this mm -hmm. there's aspiration that's, um, that's built into sort of the American um, identity, you know? Um, totally. And uh, so having that built into you, um, uh, there's also this extra level of, uh, black black excellence like that was sort of mentioned um and it permeates everything that you do like um where you have you know you have two options where you can be 
you can be like a thug, <laughs> you can be the bad kid, or you can be uh, a terrible, you know, deadbeat dad or whatever, you know, like whatever the, the sort of negative connotations of black identity, black male identity is. And then like, you have the positive of that, which is you're a successful, you know, artist and entertainer, entrepreneur, you know, you just, you make a lot of money, you know, like, or whatever, you know, um, and that's your duality. Uh, there's no, there's no middle ground. There's no, um, expectations of, uh, for, for you to like grow and for you to fail, you know, like, uh, there's no, there's no gray area for, uh, for blackness and black identity. Like you have, uh, you can either be ultra successful or you can be, um, you know, or you can, you can be forgotten. You can become part of, become part of that. And, um, so unpacking that, like, uh, Mm -hmm. we wanted to, not we, but like within, within Dusty Funk and within, uh, these sort of caricaturizations, uh, I, I built, um, like I'm, I'm, I'm tackling how, um, people's expectations of that, um, uh, or I guess I'm I'm mediating those expectations Mm -hmm. in a way, um, because, uh, black male identity, black millennial male identity, um, you know, is, is complex and it is nuanced, you know, and it's, uh, uh, it comes with, um, you know, all the things that uh, I would say uh, our white counterparts or um, people who do not have um, those kinds of stigmatations or stigmas on them Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. as they, uh, as they, as they, as they grow or they make their choices, um, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, you you have this great word for it that you've described, this place, this really compressed space where there's really no alternative um, in which you're working as the funkiverse. You said this is that surreal mind space um, that you're enmeshed in. What we see, we see what he, he sees, that's speaking of Dusty, and we experience what he experienced is but we can only interact by looking away or better yet change your perspective turn the grotesque into beauty um yeah so people want to i mean i'm dusty funk is all about getting people you know out of their 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 just i guess their banal expectations of 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 a human you know um if you see uh person, you know, uh, I don't know how to describe it. You have no idea what their, their experiences are, you know? Um, and uh, because we see people as, you know, open books, you know, you, you see their, their fashion choices, you see their, uh, the places that they live, you, uh, you hear the way they, they speak, you know, or those kinds of things. Like uh, all of these things, like, uh, you know, they put in data, you know, into to people's, uh, like in, into what they think um, mm-hmm. or into how they see people. And They're like filters and data and narrowing. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to 
create a, a world where you can get rid of those expectations. You know, like that's, to me, that's what is part of like futurism and part of um, uh, surrealism in a way is uh, being allowed to um, imagine a space in which um, people's expectations uh, don't matter. <laughs> you know? Um, mm -hmm. where your expectations of yourself uh, don't matter. Um, and uh, maybe to also then have uh, you as the an audience member who may have never been like a young black person to put yourself in that mind space. Like, um, I don't think that's a thing a lot of people ever do, you know? Um, you know, they may have like a, a moment of, uh, objectivity, right? Um, they may have moments of like uh, where they, where you could connect with another individual, but like it's uh, it's not the it's not the same way that uh, let's say other. I mean, I'm I'm trying to unpack this as we're speaking. I'm sorry, but sure. no, absolutely. <laughs> but basically, the idea is that um, as a you know, we have this entire history of art, right? Um, and it's 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 like we've gone so deep into to the white male perspective of everything, right? Like you look in the, the history of art, and it's like every facet of uh, their depression, their successes, their their triumphs, the way they deal with their families, the way they like uh, you know everything. Like it's all been you know you know dug into, you know, and uh, I have not seen that perspective um, from, you know, for people like me, you know, and uh, yeah. and I'm trying to create uh, a space where that's like, that's what people are going to like uh, experience, you know? Absolutely. You've called it a, a space for outsiders. Um, for anti-intellectuals, the socially unacceptable as well, a space in which you can explore any idea within the black millennial male experience. Dusty Funk is graffiti at the Louvre, breakdancing at Juilliard, beatboxing at the Philharmonic, and sex workers walking in Fashion Week. Black trans beauty pageant winners, unapologetic blackness and otherness. Beautiful um, writing. Yeah, thanks. Could we, could we look at an image? You could take us to one of your works, and just, um, you know, show some of those threads because they they all seem to be moving through the work. This explosive intersection of like music and rhythm of imagery and story and multiplicity of experience. Yeah. Decompressed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Let me uh, cue up uh, a few things. I'll use. I want to use some stuff from like uh, I guess the Dusty Funk and Dusty Funk stuff. Like, um, and and this is one of the works that are in your show. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm bring. I'm sort of taking you through like, uh, <laughs> like, um, 
So Dusty Funk sort of started as like this, uh, like part of the the idea, um, I guess, is uh, bringing in old things like nostalgia, and that's part of the inspiration that that, that I, I started with. Um, and uh, so taking that like these sort of nostalgic pieces, and then using that to focus on um, uh, this little this little character and placing him into uh, sort of these spacey temporal um, worlds that where he's uh, he encounters like weird monsters and like um, all kinds of uh, imagery um, that's like somewhat like trippy, surreal, psychedelic, um, but also fits within this like realm of um, sort of nostalgia. Um, and uh, Dusty is always sort of like getting himself into um, like problems, I guess. Um, and then he has to say like get himself out of those, 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 those kinds of issues. Um, so with could this, you describe for just a moment about nostalgia and old things? Help us place um, this image in terms of like maybe uh, a history of your work or other artists' work that has that has that nostalgia you're referencing. Gotcha. Um, actually, let me like cue up um, another one. Then I, I find it so fascinating and interesting that within this um, free space, this futuristic space here proposing you are reaching back with nostalgia, with longing, in a sense, for things of the past. Uh, so this one is called uh, Viewmaster. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember, or if everyone remembers these old Viewmasters from yeah. when, I don't know, I, I remember them from when I was a, a child. They were these, uh, if you see this little red sort of shape here at the top, uh, there were these little goggles um, that, uh, you know, they had these little, it was like basically a bunch of little slides and it had about, you know, maybe 36 images and it was uh, just random stuff. So you'd get a collection and it'd say stuff like, you know, animals of Africa or like, you know, uh, cathedrals, you know, it was always random stuff. It was never like, uh, it, never, it was never really super interesting, but it was like this, you know, you could just sort of click through and it was like a, a handheld slide machine. Um, so uh, I kind of take those little bits and pieces of um, things that are from, uh, I guess, my, my personal childhood, but, um, you know, I would say they're, you know, old, I guess, you know, in, in a way. Um, but, and I kind of want to update them as like sort of futuristic, you know, kind of, um, I don't know, like tech pieces of tech, technology. <laughs> you, like, you're, you're introducing like a different vision. What you see through that Viewmaster is different from what you saw as a child. And somehow it's analog too, which is very interesting to me because what distinguishes analog from, you know, like digital that in a way that you love, what is it? What is it with that? Um, there's a, a, a 
a corporal nymph, a corporal mm -hmm. mm -hmm. corporeality. Like sure. it, it's solid, you know, it's a it's heavy. Um, I think there's something about um, old design that where they, um, everything was made uh, industriously, but, it, mm -hmm. but, in, but in such a way that it would um, either last a long time or, um, you know, like, you know, they only had four versions of it or something like that, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I kind of liked that. I liked, I liked that they kept, uh, they, they had limitations and the way that they could make something real, right? Um, so those limitations, like, uh, I think, uh, are kind of like what makes, um, I think, old stuff, you know, at least, at least to, to me and, and the way that, like, it can be used as a, uh, well, I mean, as a tool, when I was, when I was, a, when I was a child, like, let's say, like, this Viewmaster, like, I was sort of talking about it in a sort of a, a you know, it was just this thing, but for me, when I was a kid, I thought I was transported to, to other worlds, you know, like it was um, the Viewmaster was more real for me uh, as a kid than, let's say, all the the Marvel movies that have ever been made. <laughs> like um, the amount of money and effort and time that they've put into like uh, CGI and making things. Uh, more like reality um, makes to me makes them feel less real um, and, and less solid than um, these sort of nostalgic pieces. Uh, and so I guess like that kind of love of that uh, um, of of the old and the of of, of that nostalgia. It's like trying to some way to like maybe hold on to that you know there's a there's yeah. a bit, um uh i don't know the right word is like you know i just want to hold on hold on to those little those little bits of um uh that that kind of like design that that era that 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 sort of feeling of 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 newness and uh uh I, I, I regret to say like childlike wonder because I don't think it you have to be a child to 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 have um, and love wonderful things you know so. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a certain tactile sensibility in the analog object that you're speaking of holding in your hand that has this element of control. Abigail, the Kokai says, it made her feel like she was a traveler. You know that's a that's a distinct. Um, power of the small child in the sense that you're kind of restoring to even the adult viewing experience, you know, or the, the all ages viewing experience. Yeah, I think, I think that is a, that is a wonderful way to, to put it. Yeah. Like um, you become the, the, the traveler, you know, and, um, but it's it's like your mind and you're and you're you're traveling through through time and and um like uh, there's a piece of this uh the, of the show uh, let's see if i can change it or turn it a little bit <laughs> um bam and right there um so like uh there's a old 
piece of technology, the, the overhead projector. I don't know if you can see that. Mm -hmm. um, but that is like, uh, to me, things like that is, I, I watched, um, you know, a bunch of people who are, who are my age just, just gush over this, this old piece of technology. You know? And everybody that sees it just immediately is transported, boom, to like being maybe eight, you know, maybe six. And uh, it creates a, like a, a linkage to, um, uh, a to moment like, of wonder, a moment of wonder. Remember when those things got plugged in and you were just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a, a, a layer of wonder. That is, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, and so being able to like, you know, sort of connect with that, um, that kind of nostalgia and then, uh, but all the, all parts of it too. So, I mean, we have things that maybe everybody had or, or maybe not everybody, but you know, it was like kind of ubiquitous, right? You know, simple things like the, the Viewmaster was like, it was like trash, you know, uh, 30 years ago. Now they're like, you know, collector's items, right? As most things are, mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of all of that. It's like, uh, you know, old, old couches that have like, you know, Western scenes and they're made of velour with the, the heavy wood frames and, you know, like uh, things feeling like uh, they're tinted orange or sepia, all like just mm -hmm. in your mind, you know, like everything uh, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's trying to activate that part of your emotional center and, and um, both in my, like, I guess in my artistic choices, but in, in you know, what I'm trying to create with, with, with my work. So you're, you're saying like in the Funkiverse, you know, you, the artist travels back and forth in time. It's sepia toned, it's rich, it, it, it is sort of more brilliant like it was to look through the Viewmaster as a child. You're lifting that lens in a sense, again, to the experience you know, of the viewer where I'm, um, I'm looking over your shoulder a minute ago and you, you, we could see the, we could see that overhead projector, but we could also see some lamps. Do you want to turn back just oh, yeah. a little bit to that view? Because what I was thinking when I saw the, the overhead projector and the lamps at the same time, keep going a little bit farther, is like your installation recontextualized as that overhead projector as a kind of funky lamp that opens up to a different universe and then we look at your lamps these lampshades and things that you've painted kind of illuminate those universes you know yeah yeah that's a uh, 100% that's better than what I was gonna say <laughs> that's, yeah but that's, well you uh, say it I mean you say it visually and that's yeah. that's the important thing yeah like uh, that, that's the the idea is that these, oh no, uh, these objects are, um, they have value, right? Uh, and even though they're, they're old, they can become, uh, not necessarily like sort of like rehabbed in sort of like a DIY way, but uh, in, in terms of their, their, their emotional value, I think is, uh, and their sentimentality can be, um, 
elevated, you know, or it can be, you can attach some sentiment, sentimentality to, to, to these objects. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about how um, it can be very risky to be sentimental um, about the past and very hard to feel free in the present, potentially, as, um, as a black man today in that compressed space that you described where there's sort of really no choice um, today. Could you show us um, another image? Uh, yes. The, the, I'm also thinking as you're talking um, about, you know, some of your peers, you know, in, in the literary sense in today's, you know, world. I um, recently read Ta-Nehisi Coates' Water Dancer, and he, he creates a space of time travel that is utterly fascinating and beautiful and really, you know, in a literary sense, really textured and rich as you do. Okay. That, um, you know, it's, it's a movement. It's a movement today. It's, a, it's an act of, of freedom. It's an insistence on uh, agency for the, for the creator. Oh, look at that image. That is so beautiful. So, yeah. So this one's called Baby Dusty. Um, so, uh, I guess with this piece, um, it's, uh, uh, this is, this is actually about, uh, you know, environment and, um, like, uh, the, this the sort of confluence of technology and, and um, how that, like the pursuit of technology, I guess, um, also um, creates problems like, you know, death <laughs> and, uh, you know, kills animals and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, so like within that, kind of idea is like something I think that's within blackness that is, uh, um, I think is, 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 is powerful, you know, um, and, and that, um, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I'm not aware, but I, I don't feel like I ever see very many environmentalists, um, uh, who are, are, I guess I should say, there are a lot of black environmentalists, you know, uh, and there's a lot of people who are in, like, uh, who, who are black, who are in water protector and land protecting uh, movements. Um, there are, um, you know, uh, black indigenous groups um, who, are, who are also um, invested in um, protecting and uh, conserving uh, the world that they live they live in um but also within this i guess within the the funk of verses as, as we as we've been talking about um there it, there's this idea that um it's a it's kind of like an i guess it's an undiscussed topic um or maybe not as um people are do not see it as uh, as as part of, of of that movement. So, 
Um, yeah, there's that uh, for this. I love how this particular image describes on sort of two worlds. You know, when you think about and Baby Dusty seems to be standing in a sense on a kind of planet, right? And then looking down into this dark space and just seeing the sketch, you know, almost like scratchboard silhouettes of these marine forms trying to reach through, like trying to have some kind of power or agency with that strong sort of futuristic hand, but a small, a small, you know, human and, you know, trying to interact with this other realm that exists in, in that darker, you know, um, sphere. Yeah, there's this, um, in a lot of the work you, uh, you'll see, uh, later, I guess later, once you see the, the full show. Um, tonight. Yeah, tonight. Um, uh, there's this, uh, I deal with a lot of like, I guess, gigantism. There's this, this feeling of, of immensity um, that both wells up within me and um, also exists, I think, um, outside, like sort of um, the, the larger they, the, the them, you know, the, um, whatever that is, the sort of this, this disembodied idea that, um, you know, there's a, you know, some people call it, in, in some spaces it might be like the man, for some people it might be um, the struggle or maybe the fear of um, not being able to like go out and at night uh, by yourself or um, maybe the fear that, you know, that you're, your home or things you have or whatever. So it's like sort of that disembodied big thing idea, you know, that, that fear. Um, you're, so you're talking about like the power that society wields really over the black male body and yes. the black body. Really, it's, it, it, it's on a code says, you know, like it's not even our body, you know, right. it's. That's exactly what it is. So there's always a, I don't, and there's an infant, infant, Tillism, like that happens with, uh, uh, with, with black male identity as well, where, um, you know, they, they used to call us boy, you know, and there's some people who still call us boy, you know, or they, they uh, you know, they use other kinds of um, sort of microaggressions and, you know, uh, uh, regressive uh, um, like language, you know, where, they're not saying it, but they're, you know, they're code switching them their, their own way, you know? Um, and uh, so that becomes like a monster. It becomes this, this big, uh, dark, evil thing. Um, and uh, so like, you kind of have to like, you have to fight against that, you know? And that that's like always having that uh, sort of feeling of like a child and that, that space, but but wanting to wield and knowing that you have this this power uh, and these abilities um, to to help uh, and to uh, to change um, in any way that you can. So like within within this image, you know, he does have this like you know this mechanical, this cybernetic arm that you know is much bigger than than he is, you know, and and so he he had he does have power, you know, but it uh, maybe it's more powerful than him. I mean, we don't know, but the idea is that he's, uh, he's trying, you know, uh, and uh, despite 
the I guess sort of the the, the mass of problems that um, that's around him, you know, uh, and and if you see the 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 people that he's trying to help, you know, the I guess I say people, but they're whales and dolphins, <laughs> you know, but um, you know they're they're living beings. Uh, they're smiling, right? Like they're they're like uh, in a way to me that uh, so there's positivity, right? Like mm-hmm. and and through through that like kind of struggle and uh, like sort of oil slick sludge. Um, which is a also a thing that happens. It's like a, it's a piece that shows up in work. I can show you something like that too. But um, like, there's uh, this idea that um, blackness is, and, and even in the terminology of blackness is it's evil or whatever. But I, I mean, I see blackness as, as positivity. It's, it's everything. It's all colors or whatever. But but darkness, I think is is where you know that's that that's what rests in people's hearts that's like um you know darkness is uh is to me is like you know it's, it's, it's semantic but um that's what like is is like is like the the evil things that we're trying to um destroy you're you're in a way really talking to um how um power and identity, negativity or positivity are encoded into like um, Western thought and language around especially blackness and whiteness and the projection of, of evil in the word blackness, in darkness, in the sludge that in the sense you, you call it. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, one of our one of our listeners asked, and I think this is a because you speak of these whales smiling. Uh, Petra asks, do you feel any positivity in the recent you know political shifts in, in this country with in terms of leadership who's empowered? I mean, <laughs> there's plenty of people who are striving for power from a from a. Oh, yeah. I think it's always like one of those. Uh, it's, it's an interesting thing in in. Black in the black community are in the, the I would say also in the, the person of color affected person community. Uh, like you see like these wonderful changes. You see things like, you know, Kamala Harris, uh, you know, first black VP. We have Pete Buttigieg, we have like, boom, first gay like cabinet member. You know, we have, uh, I mean, and there, I think those kinds of hits are just gonna keep coming boom. Like we're just gonna keep having lots of first you know, First Native woman, uh, like cabinet, we're gonna have probably first Muslim, like all these things that are that I think are as positive, um, uh, visual and visible like uh, changes, you know. And they're I think they're effective. They're they're, they're necessary. Um, um, but I also think it's like, you know, you go cool, and then you go you, you like keep fighting, <laughs> right? Like. Uh, System, systemic racism is not like changed. I mean, we, we had Obama and then we had Trump, right? So like, it's not like these things don't, just because um, somebody, uh, we get one um, positive uh, experience doesn't mean that uh, the, the massive monster that is like white supremacy and um, rampant 
like uncontrolled capitalism is like destroying everything, right? Um, so those are those things are the, the big monsters, um, and uh, it, those are the things that we still need to fight. We still we still need to like uh, address those concerns. And, um, does that does that explain or describe in a sense why you call that that chronicle that project for for black teens the struggle it's like it's 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 unending it's just, yeah um yes it's a the, the, the struggle is is is, is never ending. i mean then uh yeah that uh that book the uh, struggle like within that context we we imagined it as this um there's this this thing called the weight and that's what the struggle wears. The, the, the character of the struggle who wears the weight. That's how he gets his power. Um, and he mm -hmm. can only carry the weight with, uh, you know, a familiar with a, with a second because it's it's so hard to, to carry all of that, right? Um, so, um, so yeah. So, but only you can only carry it for so long. You have to you have to share it with others. You have to collaborate. You have to. Um, you know, it has to, it only shows up when, in, when it's necessary. So like, um, in the same way for this, for, for, for Dusty, it's like, um, you know, there's, uh, there, there's, there's a, there's a struggle. There's, there's, there's a, there's a weight in the, in, in the work. And, um, you have to like, uh, you know, you have to keep, like working to to make things, I guess, better at, at older because it never it never stops, right? Um, but uh, we can, I think, through through art, through um, through music, through dance, through like uh, community, through these kinds of collective practices, we can uh, we can make it better and, and um, like. Uh, make it like exciting yeah you can you can vitalize <laughs> spaces yes um i uh i'm thinking about the fact that february is well it's it's called black history month and i'm thinking about you know um the stories that you tell the stories that you're from and this incredible body of work that you're contributing to the story um of us, you know, of Benel, of our community in Alaska. And I wonder if um, there's a story that you might like to share, you know, that honors um, your, your roots in some way, a story that's shaped you, that what you come from, you know, um, good or bad, for better or for worse, a story that um, refers to, you know, your origins and, and it shapes you today. Yeah, like uh, I have had like this uh, pretty, uh, I, I would say, extensive, um, like uh, history. Like I've, I've done a lot of stuff in a lot of places, and um, but I think one of the things that uh, was always really like valuable to me um, was uh, just the, the experiences of 
um, like my, I guess my parents, you know, um, and um, so I guess it's it's not so much a story; it's more of a an explanation of their their experiences and how that helped build my understanding of blackness as a as a human. So, like, um, I mean, both of my parents were super hardworking. Um, I would say sort of uh, very creative individuals who were who had to like, um, you know, make money, <laughs> and the uh, and, um, and I'm sure that's a story that that a, that a lot of people had to have. But like, um, what I experienced uh, growing up was, uh, you know, um, two military parents um, who. Uh, didn't necessarily, or I'm sorry, who wanted to make sure that their kids um, had, you know, uh, just the ability to to understand themselves as um, through their blackness and through their their creativity. Um, even though they themselves, even though they sort of lost their creativity, uh, I don't want to say they lost it, but you know. They had to do. They had to work. So instead of that, what they did was they placed all of that into to me as an individual. So they made sure I had as many art art courses, as many art classes as I could take. You know, they, they made sure that um, they uh, showed up to these, uh, you know, to, to art shows and these these kinds of things. And um, what was in, important for me in, in, in that experience and in, in developing was just their, uh, I guess, when, you know, when they were tired, they still like showed up, you know, when they were, uh, you know, when they were late, they were still there, you know, like all these, all these kinds of things, all the things that, I, that kind of can get in the way when you have a, a full life uh, where you still want to support your um, your your child's like uh, sort of nascent growth, um, so they helped build that and instill that into me. Um, but the part that was most important was they always did that with a. There was always like, okay, so you're going to go to art classes, but we're going to make sure that you're going to get some. Black historical education. We're gonna. They made sure that you know blackness was. Uh, I shouldn't be afraid of my blackness. I shouldn't temper my blackness, and um, I should. I should be proud of it. You know, I should. Um, I should speak with inflection and speak strongly. You know? um, and when I do make work, I should. Um, uh, I should present it in a way that's like, you know, both humble but bombastic, you know, like in a way where you let people know that this was this was hard um, and involved a lot of work, but it also, um, you know, it, uh, you know, like I'm 
like you should pay attention. You know, this is this is, this is you, <laughs> um, and you should say that loudly. And um, so, I guess with with that, like, I mean, my my parents they taught me to uh, to speak loudly, and um, but to to be humble in my presentation. And, uh, that's beautiful. That's a really moving uh, tribute to to your parents. I want to thank you so much for um, that's yeah. As Amber Webb said today, it's beautiful. And I want to thank you. Um, we all do for for joining us today, for giving us this orientation to to where you're coming from in the show that opens tonight, five to seven. It's uh, tell us a little bit. It's a multimedia experience. You've got DJs. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, if you're looking for a, a quiet, nice, like, uh, conversation, <laughs> it, it will not be that. Um, this is just going to be, uh, this is it's a good vibe, you know, elevate your higher self, uh, dance a little bit. Uh, I'm, you know, kind of experience. This is a... Uh, I would say it's more of an emotional and uh, artistic release uh, for me and and for for others. This is a collaborative project. Um, I, uh, um, collaboration is important for me. So, um, like, uh, so the people who are who are DJing are also, uh, you know, I've worked with them for for years, and, um, and they're also other artists. So. Uh, we made um, an original album, actually, uh, that uh, we're going to be playing on this, um, uh, I guess, the show. So be there to, to listen to that. Um, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a listening party. Throw on, throw on some good vibes, you know, have give yourself a nice bit, a little uh, imbibing liquid or whatever, whatever is your, whatever you fancy. And, uh, check this out.